0: Hi, listeners. I'm your host, Timmy Dayo And with me is co-founder and CEO of Split, Akin Adesami. Actually, at all, I like, to, like you like to be called, actually. Yeah. Um, please introduce yourself and uh, tell our listeners what Split is.
1: Yeah. Um, my name is Tala Adesami. Um, I'm the co-founder of Split, as Tim just said. Um, Split is simple. We're, we're providing easier living in Africa. Um, we provide subscription-based spaces, um, shared spaces or people could book the entire space and uh, members can book these spaces and pay monthly, quarterly or biannually and they don't have to bear the cost of things like furnishing um, or annual rent which is actually the the big problem we're trying to solve. Um, All their bills are inclusive in your subscriptions Um, and yeah that's that's really what we're doing. We've been doing this for the past two years. Um, it's tw- this is our 24th month for um, well, two years in December and yeah, it's, it's, it's been great so far
0: Nice, nice um, so, so I'm curious so how does Split actually change the uh, sort of typical experience of renting a living space in Nigeria What, is, what does Split change from the typical experience?
1: Um, so basically the typical experience for anybody that's looking for a space to live is this um, First of all, they Go and Find an agent Right. If they want to rent a place, they find an agent. The agent finds different um, options for them, and then when they're okay with whatever option it is, they have to sign an agreement with the landlord. It has to be minimum of one year agreement. Um, sometimes it's two years. Um, after signing the agreement, they will pay. They will buy furniture into the space, do repairs they have to buy like a generator because, you know, out here in Africa, in some places in Africa, um, we don't have like 24 hours power. Um, so they have to buy a generator um, and all those things, right? And services. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the typical experience. And it's tedious, right? People can't um, necessarily p- plug and play. So what we've done is we've partnered with homeowners, right? And um, We built mm-hmm. a platform where homeowners can put their spaces up. They can put their spare room or they can put the entire space fully furnished, fully serviced, and create like a subscription package for people to pay monthly, right? So you're not signing a rental agreement, you're limited to splits, terms and conditions, which also gives us the ability to um, default, I mean, to um, evict defaulting members. So it's it's not necessarily a court case, I mean. You're not signing an agreement and going to court. Where you, if, he, because in Nigeria, for instance, um, if a tenant um, default on his one-year rent and you went to court, court, the court could still give him like six months. Could still tell the um, homeowner to give the tenant six months' notice. So that means the tenant will be using your assets for six months without you generating any. Um, return on investment on that asset right Right, that's really crazy yeah well, so that's that's basically we've created a plug and play system where people can book and it's flexible so you can stay for at least a month or even if you're staying for a year you're paying Ah. monthly right and you don't own any assets you don't have to think about assets right 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 so
0: uh, one question that comes to mind is since you're you're sort of uh allowing homeowners to rent out space that they have how do you how do you manage or maintain the quality of of these homes so that when say I'm moving for example it i actually meets what you described on your platform when I get there
1: um, so we vet the spaces before people move in right um, we have a we have a um, maintenance company or retainer who vets these spaces and gives the partner homeowners um references on what should be repaired and what should be brought up to standard part of your subscription from month to month, which is good for the homeowner and member is that is this meant um, repair retainer, right? So you're paying for that month on month, right? And what happens is if something gets messed up in flat, you can just call and they come to repair it. How it's good for the homeowner is that if you want to eventually take your space off the platform, you still have some, we've, maintain the integrity of your space so the value of your asset is still maintained, right? Or even increased because we have maintained it from time to time. As opposed to a one-year tenant who you don't even know what's what is, who can be doing anything in the house and you don't know what is going on until one year. You don't have any rights to um, take over that property for one year for no reason. Do you understand?
0: Right.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. And so, so as, as someone who grew up
0: in Nigeria, um, as far as I knew back then, the typical sort of real estate transaction in Nigeria is played with sort of a lot of fraud. Yeah. Right. So how, how do you sort of prevent fraudulent activity in the sense that, say, I tell you that this is my home yeah. and I'm renting it out. How do you make sure that I actually own that home and I'm not getting paid for an asset that is
1: not actually mine? Um, You should, Um, For instance, we have a on our platform how we started this business is interesting because we helped a part my partner used to sell um property right and he he and he, he this idea came from one of his own pain points he was trying to move out of his father's house and he couldn't because he couldn't afford the one year rent thinking of furniture and TV and all these things there were no assets um funding you know programs going on so he went to one of his former clients who he had helped Sell some of these properties and said, "See, if if I if I can sell you this, if I can sell this property for you, come buy this property in this part of Lagos, and you will furnish it, and I'll give you um you furnish it and everything, and I'll give you return on investment that will be slightly higher than if you rented it out the traditional way, right? Um, so we look at um your confirmation of ownership of that property." If you, are, if you are acting on behalf of somebody that, because sometimes we get homeowners that are acting on behalf of the original homeowner So they have like mm-hmm. their lawyers or we have to bet that this person actually owns these homes before we start to transact. That's part of our um, KYC process on the homeowner mm-hmm. side.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. And, and I'm curious, how much traction have you guys been able to generate on your platform since launching about two years ago, you said?
1: Yes, yeah, two years ago. Um, we have so far. We just celebrated one million nights booked on the platform. Um, wow! Congratulations. Thank you, thank you very much. Um, and we're growing very fast at the moment. We are hundred on all our monthly subscription spaces. We are hundred um, percent occupancy. Funny thing happened yesterday afternoon. We got some spaces on the platform, um, and usually we have a thirty-day turnaround time. Right, mm-hmm. we had a 30 minute turnaround time yesterday, so demand is really crazy. Um, people that's for us is that people believe that this is how to break up this, these, um, your rent because now they can use other monies to invest in other things and generate revenue on do, on their money, right? They can, they can make their money work for them, so they pay a quarter subscri- quarterly subscription to split. The rest of it, they can use for other things until their quarterly subscription is due, so they've generated yeah, yeah. interest on their cash. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. super cool. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, so I, I think you, you talked a bit about this earlier, but I'm curious to hear sort of a bit more about how you guys, you and your co-founder sort of met and how how you sort of, this sort of founding story of, of what sounds like a very, very interesting idea here.
1: Yeah. Um- it's interesting. Um, I met my co-founder when I still worked in the bank. I worked in Guarantee Trust Bank. Um, I worked as a product manager there. Um, I met him there because um, I was working. I was working in loan products with loan products, and he. And part of our product was mortgaging, right? And he used to sell property, so he used to come in and say and find houses that he would sell to our own customers, right? And that's how I met him. Um, in the long run. He started having this idea. He was stuck, right? He was trying to move out, and I had moved into fintech. I was running a start. I was running a startup with two other guys. Um, we were building chatbots, and he told me about this idea, and I thought it was great. Um, I I knew his all he had for it was an idea and how to sell the idea. There was a heavy operational um, background to it, or operational part of it that I would come in to solve, and I thought it was great. So I left that startup. Um, and i joined him at this one he sort of it was sort of like a mutual thing where he was trying to sell it to me right as just a friend and i was trying to tell him how to go about it and i was like yo let's do this and in december of 2017 we started started with our first flat um it was four bedroom we didn't even have a platform then so we're selling what a mouth it was what a mouth uh, and yeah yeah um and that's, oh, that's how it, super inspirational yeah that's that's how it happened
0: um, so, and, and since then, how have you, how have you financed your operation?
1: Um, so in the first year, we bootstrapped because we wanted okay. to understand um, how the market was. It was tough. We wanted to understand the response to it. Um, we garnered um, a long waiting list. Um, and when we found out that there was good demand, we decided to fundraise. Um, we just did a small pre-seed fundraising round early this year. Um, which we closed out in August um, from angel investors and to um, corporates. Um, we don't have any VCs on our on our books at any at the moment, but yeah, it was a small round and that's how we've been able to um, scale to the point that we're at. I think next year we'll be looking to either be profitable or raise money for growth um, proper, proper, because we are seeing a lot of demand. We're in Accra now which is another milestone. We we, we just moved into Accra. Um, Our booking spaces, all our spaces in Accra are booked because of the affirmation that's happening in December. Uh, But yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But yeah. My
0: friends are actually going to the one happening in Puerto Rico um, in, uh, I think it's March next year. Oh, Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Super, super cool stuff. Yeah, super cool. um, Yeah, so I, I'm curious about, so you talk a bit about your uh, your sort of pre-seed round. Yeah. I'm curious about sort of your strategies in sort of uh, fundraising, because I, I think there's a huge, huge challenge for anyone in Nigeria who wants to raise money, right? Yeah. And I think some of our listeners would love to hear some of uh, your most successful strategies uh, when d- during your fundraising path.
1: Um, I would say something that um, most found- most tech founders don't agree with, because our business is very operationally heavy, um, execution is is key, right? Um, and we find that we are moving to the, the forefront of our business. There's three of us in, in the forefront, but we're moving to the forefront because we are operationally sound, right? Mm-hmm. For us, the operations comes first, the tech supports the operations, right? And that's how we see it. Um, fundraising was tough. It took us seven months to close out the fundraise. Um, but we, one thing I would advise founders in Africa about is to stick to their valuation, what they think their value is. Right. Um, again, for us, it was easier for us because we bootstrapped a whole year. So uh, we proved our grit, right. If we if we weren't going to raise that money, adi- I mean, adequately, um, it just meant that we won't grow. We would, still being business, but we wouldn't grow as fast as we wanted to, right? Mm-hmm. And I think because we stuck to what we wanted and how we wanted to fund it, because in our own business, um, equity funds, operations, debt fund business, right? Mm-hmm. And that's how we just sort of turn over that cash. Um, and we were smart in putting that together. Shout out to our financial advisors. Um, And we went around, it was tough because people, you know, there's the trust factor you are Nigerian and people can't really trust you, but it was <laughs> yeah, but it was remarkable for us when we finished that we were able to raise all of that money at a good valuation we're happy at uh, happy with, all from Nigerian um, individuals and institutions right um, mm. all of them believing in us for different reasons um, what 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 I found interesting was a VC was asking a prominent one of our investors who's a prominent angel investor in nigeria why he invested in us right and mm-hmm. he was like yo i just like those two guys man they know what they're doing and i like them, <laughs> you know um and i and that was remarkable for me um that i got into him that way yeah
0: mm-hmm. um so sounds like you guys had quite the uh fundraising journey <laughs> yeah um so, so fundraising aside, I'm, I'm curious, what are some of the biggest challenges you and your team have sort of faced as you tackle this sort of uh, real estate problem in Nigeria?
1: Um, or in Africa, generally, at least? Yeah, interesting question. Um, quality of housing. Um, people aren't building quality homes, um, which is also affecting our ability to scale or well, are careful about it, right? We're not in a rush game, right? We're not trying to do that whole thing of scale 100x tomorrow type thing. We're trying to do it and create good service to our customers right so mm-hmm. quality of homes is one thing right now um affordability is another thing um even though we're at 100 um, occupancy we also want to provide affordable housing right and there's this um fake valuation of housing in nigeria so to speak right so because of the fake Um, valuation say house is 100 million how much would you really rent that house to generate um, return on investment right Uh, so that's another thing all that facade of the quality I mean the pricing on housing in Nigeria so we're looking at something we're currently going to build something next year we're partnering with some other people to find a way to work around it that's our job right? Um, see if you can bring affordable housing, accessible housing, access is another thing, road networks, all those kind of things, because part of what we're solving is bringing people close to their places of work, right? You. Yeah. For instance, in Nigeria, a big problem is that people don't build one bedrooms. Again, because of this um, artificial valuation thing, right? It's better for them to build three bedrooms than to build one bedrooms. Now, sharing spaces is what we have brought into the market. So in in essence, you have one bedroom, even though it's a three bedroom, right? You can just book one bedroom and you can pay monthly and you can live close to your place of work as opposed to having to go live so far because that's what you can afford and doing that whole commute, um, just essentially like Uber, like Airbnb, trying to make quality of life better, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and so, so far, I, I think... In your journey building splits, you must have sort of seen so much happening in the real estate market. And I'm curious about how you see that market evolving in Nigeria and even sub-Saharan Africa as a whole. How do you see that evolving over the next five to ten years?
1: Um, so uh, I see them responding to what we're doing, right? Um, I see that how we are playing with rental, which is the retail aspect of it or the pure retail aspect of it. Um, Housing would make developers and real estate investors respond to say that people don't really want. They don't want. They don't want big spaces. What they want is mm-hmm. access, right? Um, they don't want to own um, the asset. They just want access to it, right? And they want. Yeah. They want something as. They want something as comfortable as possible. It doesn't have to be huge. Doesn't have to, they don't have to waste space in building. Um, I think if we are getting it right, we have a we have a um, competitor that we sort of um, bounce ideas off, which is very weird in tech space. Um, they're called, <laughs> yeah, they're called Muster. um We look at we look at ourselves and and we know and we say all the time that um, our success um, depends on one another because. We are doing the same thing and we're trying to change the idea of how people are going to rent, right? So it's in our best interest to sort of back end, support support one another and solve this problem for real because one person mm-hmm. cannot solve the problem. It's such a huge problem that one person cannot solve. We have 100% occupancy. I'm sure they are somewhere 90 to 100% occupancy and demand just keeps coming, right? The market uh, is so big. Yeah, the market is too big. So... Yeah. Um... I believe we've gotten it right in terms of business model because we put that all bills inclusive subscription together, mm-hmm. which is what I mean about the ops. But um, I think the investors, the builders will respond to us and start building what is necessary for the market, not what is necessary for them to get return on investment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because again, return on investment depends on the market, right? That's
0: and right. Yeah. And to that point, do you think that similar to sort of the way we've seen a lot of sort of uh, activity from investors from China and the US in the fintech space in Nigeria, do you think that's something we'll start to see in sort of this real estate tech
1: space? Yes, definitely. Definitely. I think PropTech is PropTech is very big in South Africa, but bring we brought it into West Africa now. Um, on our own platform, you can get, you can also get holiday rentals. So you can get daily bookings, right? Which mm-hmm. is one of the biggest. Ways we are different from our competitors, right? Um, yeah. I, I think the prop tech market is going to grow as big as the fintech, and you know, ride-hailing market is big. is growing in Nigeria. Um, I think it's the next yeah. big thing because it's where the customers live. It's their place of comfort. Before they want to get Uber or GoKada, before they want to um, pay for anything, they want to live somewhere first, right? Um, yeah. So attacking their place of comfort, attacking the problem of their p- place of comfort is what our biggest um, goal, and I, I think we're doing a good job of that.
0: Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I'm I'm curious if you had to pick the one thing that has been your most useful sort of resource in terms of uh in terms of things you have access to within the Nigerian and African uh, startup community, what would you say has been the most useful resource for you in your startup journey so far?
1: um so let me say for speed right because the resource is actually um my partner's resource right mm-hmm. um so before split, he used to sell real estate that network was the biggest is the biggest resource we have right mm-hmm. um and his ability to convince them to sort of buy into this idea of getting return on their investment that's the, our biggest resource network um, the, people, gotcha. the people that he knows and people I know. On the other hand, yeah, that's our biggest network. Our gotcha. uh, biggest resource. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: So, so do you have uh, any any advice for aspiring African entrepreneurs out there? Just to close us out with?
1: Yeah. Um, first of all, no other businesses like ours. But I think, from my own experience, I would encourage people to bootstrap a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. What it helps you do is understand the market understand what you're trying to sell unless you're in sort of like a fintech play where it's pure, you know, tech, right? Um, Mm -hmm. People either buy it or not, or people either transact or not. Um, If you are going to go into something that has assets or things like that, bootstrapping is the way. Um, And you sort of understand the market, you want sort of understand their price points, what they need and stuff like that. Um, And secondly, to just stay strong. It's tough. It's tough out here in Nigeria. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough out here in Nigeria, but um, looking at our 24-month journey is possible. That's all I would say yeah. is possible. Um, so yeah. just keep pushing, keep pushing, and you'll get to the end. Amen. <laughs> yeah, amen. Yeah.
0: And for, for, for any of our listeners that want to follow your journey uh, with Sweet, what's the best way to see what you're up to?
1: Um, On our social media, um, we're, we're there all the time cracking jokes. Um, sort of bringing people (laughs) in Um, but um, social media is the best way to get us up. or what's your what's your Twitter handle Split NG on all platforms Split S-P-L-E-T-N-G on Twitter Instagram Facebook we're we're on LinkedIn as well we're pushing out content just trying to bring in more customers even though waiting list is growing and growing and growing Um, bringing investors to the fore of what we're doing Um, and yeah ensuring that 2020, um, our vision is complete, you know, vision 2020. That's what it is for us. um, Yeah. Going, going forward.
0: Thank you so much for your time, Tal. This is a great time. I enjoyed chatting
1: with you about what you're doing at Splits and the real estate market in Africa. Yeah. Thank you so much, Timmy. Thank you.